this is your first time, my name is Dan Anderson. I have uh, the honor of being on staff here at Antioch Church, oversee a number of different departments, but my greatest joy and my greatest honor is overseeing the ministry to our young adults. And uh, I just, yeah. And uh, man, they are incredible people with destinies. And uh, in fact, this morning, Pastor Jade has asked me to speak on youth and young adults, and I'll give you some more context in just a moment. Before I do, though, Pastor Jade, who is our senior leader, is in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, yeah, for the past, uh, are you guys from Tulsa? Oh, man, God bless you. So, uh, in all the right ways, not that it's bad in Tulsa. So, <laughs> so um, but, oh, really? Awesome. Well, welcome. So glad you're here. And uh, we, we uh, Pastor Jade is... Uh, there and what he does for the past 15 years, he's led uh, and overseen a week, uh, basically a training camp for short-term missions at Oral Roberts University. And they send about this year, they're sending over 350 students to different countries around the world. This is uh, an, uh, an impact uh, that we, we have no idea how many people are actually being impacted as 350 students go out and impact numerous people on those, uh, on, in the mission field. And, and that's something that Antioch Church, as a church, we can get behind, amen? We believe in missions. We believe in short-term missions, uh, serving the contacts and helping the ministries there uh, in, in, any way, in any way that we possibly can. And so what I'd like to do uh, before we jump into the word is to pray and to bless this upcoming week at Oral Roberts University. Can we do that together? Can I get some agreement on that? Amen. Heavenly Father, we right now turn our eyes to Tulsa, Oklahoma. We declare that this coming week will be uh, effective. It will be impactful. Father, I pray that whatever it is you wanna do, we won't see some of it done. We won't see most of it done. God, we're gonna see all of it done in the lives of these students so that they can go overseas and see your kingdom come in countries all around the world. And so Father, we receive your anointing and we, and we say, God, uh, whatever it is that Pastor Jade is supposed to do and the team and the leadership team that's there, whatever they're supposed to do. God, they will hear your voice more clearly than ever before. Lord, they will, they will look at every situation and know exactly what needs to happen, not according to the world's wisdom, but according to the wisdom of your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I know that Pastor Jade, he sent a text this morning. He gives, sends his love and his prayers, and uh, he is uh, with us in spirit, if not in body. So, uh, with that being said, I'd like to jump into the word. Um, actually, before I do, I just want to brag a little bit. Is that okay? Uh, my son, Ransom, who is four years old, four and a half, he actually uh, received Christ. He asked for Jesus to come into his heart on Friday. How awesome is that? Come on, Ransom, stand up on that seat. Wave it, everybody. Hey, it's your new family. <laughs> Apparently I was not, I did not have the honor and the privilege of being there, but uh, my wife was talking with him and, and he said, well, can I ask Jesus into my heart? <laughs> and my wife said, absolutely. And, and uh, you guys are just such a blessing to hear that. And uh, as a father, man, it just blessed my heart uh, to no ends. So that being said, Ransom, I love you. All right. Well, uh, at the beginning of this year, during our annual 21-day fast, uh, we as a community of believers, we, we bind together and we, we fast. And, and, you know, that looks different for different people. But what we do is we seek the Lord. Uh, we passionately pursue him. And we abstain, uh, some of us, from water, from food, whatever it is that we abstain from so that we can become more hungry, more thirsty for the things of the Lord. And how many of you know God has a word for every season of our lives? God has a word for every year. And uh, we look for God's word for today, but I think it's important also that we seek God's heart for what he's speaking over 2015 as a year. And so we did that. And as we were walking through that fast, we asked many different facets of this this church to, to share what they were receiving from the Lord. We did this in our small group ministry. We did this in uh, the, the, the 
uh, youth and young adult ministries. We did this here uh, on Sunday morning, just seeking the Lord and then whatever we're hearing from the Lord during this 21-day fast, to compile it together, send it into the office. And, and, and let me just tell you what happened as we kind of reviewed everything that came in. It was uh, amazing to see there were eight different themes that emerged that really encompassed everything uh, that the Lord was saying. Eight different uh, targets that the Lord was speaking to us for 2015. And, and that's where we've been as a church for the last few weeks. Pastor Jade has been taking time and talking about these eight different points. And it's, a, it's an initiative that we want to start called Pray the Eight, that this year as a body, we're praying for these eight different concepts. One, uh, a couple weeks ago, Pastor Jade talked about one of the targets for this year that people, not that, not that Pastor Jade is feeling by himself as though he were Moses going up on the mountain and receiving a word, but that we as a body together hearing the voice of the Lord, it was harvest that this year we're gonna see great harvest. Now, how many of you can get behind that? We can believe that there are gonna be salvations all across this city. We're gonna see people come to know the name of Jesus. And if this church is gonna grow, it's not gonna be transfer growth. It's gonna be growth from new converts. And I'm excited for that. Last week, Pastor Jade was talking about the fact that one of the prayer targets is our role as Antioch Church in the city and how important it is for us to be a part of the city. Well, one of the, one of the themes that emerged from this time was what we're calling the multiplication of young people in this body. Becca Greenwood, um, she's a member of this house and she's also a, a minister and she spoke a prophetic word at the beginning of this year concerning young adults saying that there will be a multiplication of young people in the house that will be released to the nations. That's a good word. And this morning, I wanna talk a little bit more about that. And it's my heart and my hope that as we talk about it, that the Lord would begin to burden us as a body. Maybe you've not had a, a burden for a young adult or for young adults as a generation, but I, it's my heart and my hope that today the Lord will birth in all of us a desire to see great numbers of young adults, not just converted and saved, but trained, equipped, and sent into their worlds and sent into their job, into the workforce and in the workplace to be sent to the nations of the world where they can have lasting effect. The Lord is speaking to me recently about the fact that, um, you know, we hear this statement that, you know, the young people represent the leaders of tomorrow. And we hear that often, but it's another matter entirely when you begin to have revelation of this. When you look at the state of young adults in America, the fear of the Lord just comes on me. They need us. They need, listen, church, they need you. Young adults need you. When I say young adults, I'm referring to an age group between 18 and even into late 20s, maybe even early 30s, which I'm a part of. And I need you. <laughs> Wait a second. Excuse me? <laughs> Thank you, Miss Carmen. Yes. No. Oh, who was that? <laughs> I need you. That's right. Amen. Someone knows me. <laughs> Well, you know, in terms of this word that Becca gave, I, I want to just share with you a, a testimony that in Nexus, we've been seeing uh, students from UCS don our doors and not only don our doors, but stick around. They've been faithful. We've, we've seen over the last four services uh, a growth of upwards of 15 between 15 and 20 students just showing up and being a part, being excited. And you guys, it's so exciting. You know, it's all of a sudden the whole atmosphere in the room changes. Every, it's like everything changes. And you know what I think? I just believe with all my heart that we, from that alone, I can tell you today that there is a mantle on this young adult generation to change atmospheres. There's a mantle on, it's like the, you get enough of them in a room and everything changes. And I'm telling you, the worship is authentic and raw and passionate. And, and 
I, I am just blown away by what God is doing. We're seeing the fulfillment in seed form of this word that Becca gave in January. But how many of you know and understand that for every word that the Lord speaks over our lives, the enemy has a corresponding word. Where God wants to speak life, the enemy wants to speak death. Come on, when, it, when God wants to speak abundance in your life, the enemy's gonna try to get you to focus on all the lack that you're experiencing. For every word that God has for us, there is a corresponding word that the enemy has. We see this in scripture, and I just wanna give you a couple of examples. Number one, if you look in 1 Samuel chapter four, the Ark of the Covenant is lost to the Philistines. Eli, the, the priest, hears the news. He falls over backwards and he breaks his neck. He, he dies. His sons on the battlefield die. And what happens is this runner, this messenger comes to the wife of one of Eli's sons who's in labor and she gives birth to a son and she names him Ichabod, which means the glory has departed. She named her child, the glory has departed. She let the circumstances of her life determine the identity of her season. How often have we experienced difficulty and in the midst of that difficulty, we've cursed our year, we've cursed our season. We've, and, and what we've done is we've named a season based on our experience instead of based on God's word. The listen, the economy is terrible and we think, well, Ichabod, the, gl the glory of God has departed from the economy. Well, my family's going through troubles or I have financial issues and the glory has departed. And I heard this sermon by Jensen Franklin and he just says, listen, we're not living in the season of Ichabod. We're living in the season of Emmanuel, God with us. And so every season we look at that's difficult, we don't have to say the glory has departed. We can say, God is with me. And so the enemy can say, yes, look at the condition of young adults in the United States. But I can say, listen, God is with us. God is with us. And if God is with us, who, come on somebody, who can be against us? I tell you this morning, no one. Nothing can, nothing can take us from the love of God. No height, no depth, no power. There is nothing that can separate us from the love of Jesus Christ. Another example of this, I think we see in Proverbs. Proverbs chapter seven and in chapter eight, we see in chapter seven, a depiction, a picture being drawn of a woman that scholars have dubbed the adulterous woman. And then in verse seven, we see the woman, the personification of wisdom. And in chapter seven, it says that the adulterous woman, she's, she's hanging out at every street corner. She's loud and boisterous. She's shouting out. And then in verse eight, we see that at every crossroad, there's the, there's the voice of wisdom crying out. You see, okay, forever. So we have God, see, listen, God is speaking. There's a word of wisdom for every situation. At every crossroad of our life, there's a word of wisdom. But at the same crossroad, there's an adulterous woman, an adulterous culture trying to seduce our young people. Every corner, listen, for every word of God, there is a word from the enemy. And we've just got to understand that because if we don't understand that, we leave ourselves open to doubt. We leave ourselves open to the enemy's influence as we make our decisions, as we, as we begin to think about what we give our time to. We've, we, listen, you guys, so, so when God says, Antioch Church, there's going to be a multiplication of young people and you're gonna send them to the nations in my name. There's a word from the enemy that says, I will steal your young people. I will get them bound up in insecurity and in addiction. I'll get them bound up so that they can, they will never live, but they will die. And listen, I don't know about you, but I feel the call of God. Listen, 
Who will stand in on behalf of these young adults? Who will help them to hear the voice of wisdom and not listen to the voice of this adulterous woman? There's, listen, there's a culture that is, that is just, it's seeking to devour our young people. And we can't pretend. Listen, don't be distracted so much by your own problems that we miss, that we miss raising up the next generation. Judges say that there was a generation that grew up that did not know what the Lord had done for them. They oh man, they, scripture says this. Listen, I'm a little bit off my notes, but just follow me. Scripture specifically says that in those days, Israel had no king. Chapter 19 of Judges. They said Israel had no king. And everyone did as they saw fit in their own eyes. Now, if that is not a description of the culture and the young people that we today, then I don't know what is. Now, here's the interesting thing. In Samuel, the people are crying out for a king because they don't have a king. So Samuel's meeting with God, and this is what God says about the situation. God says, they have not received me as their king. So that, listen, the, the author of Judges says they had no king. Now, people believe that the author of Judges was Samuel himself. And Samuel knows God comes to him and says, no, 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 it's not that they didn't have a king. They just have rejected me as their king. Somewhere along the way, the people forgot that God was their king. And they forgot because intergenerational ministry was absent. The generation before failed to pass on the baton to the next generation. Yes, I want more of Jesus, but I want more of Jesus for my son more than myself. And for my son's son and for my daughter's children. And until we get that revelation, we will continue to be a church that runs in circles, never advancing the kingdom. Just going in circles on the church's issues. What I'd like to do is if you would join me in Proverbs chapter seven, we're gonna walk through some of these verses and it just paints the perfect picture. I think it, it, it really opens the door for revelation on this issue of young adults. So Proverbs chapter seven, we're gonna begin in verse six. So I'll give you a moment to turn there in your Bibles. Are you still with me this morning? Have I offended somebody? I'll work harder. Okay, I can do it. I can do it. <laughs> Just kidding. Someone said, bring it. Who said that? Wow. Is that a challenge? <laughs> okay. Proverbs chapter seven, verse six. For at the window of my house, this is the author of Proverbs. For at the window of my house, I looked out through my lattice and I saw among the simple ones, I observed among the youths, a young man without sense. Now, those of you who have children, probably just saying to yourself, amen, I know that feeling. That boy is without sense. <laughs> but I just wanna dig a little bit deeper here. What does he mean when he says sense? You know, the actual Hebrew word there is the same word for heart. So when God was looking upon the earth and in the time of Noah and all, Everyone was corrupt. It said that in his heart, God was grieved. It's the same word. Isn't that interesting? I saw a man who lacked heart. And I just want to submit to you this morning that where do we receive our heart if not from our parents? Where do we receive our heart if not from mothers and fathers? And I'm not just talking about physical mother, mothers and fathers. I'm talking about spiritual mothers and fathers. A man without sense. It actually means, it also means knowledge, the seat of knowledge. It means determination. So here we see this young man and he's walking without direction in his life, without knowledge, without determination. Listen, listen, when you don't have knowledge of where you're going, you cannot be determined to get there. 
Can I just say that again? Listen, if you don't have knowledge of where you're going, you cannot have determination to get there. Listen, there's a whole generation of young people growing up without direction because we're silent on the issues of sexuality. We're silent on the issues of faith. We're silent on the issues of even our own personal testimonies. I would, I would say as the pastor of Nexus, the young adult ministry of Antioch Church, most of you have never shared your testimony in Nexus. Why? Because I haven't seen you there. Now, now here's what happens. What has happened in America is that we've hired a pastor to try to give direction to all these students. But I, I think we're moving into an era where we need the voices of many fathers and many mothers to come in and help bring direction to young adults and to youth. And listen, because we've been silent, they're left to their own devices. How many of you know the story of Rehoboam, the son of Solomon? He, Solomon dies and, he, and, and everybody's crying out, hey, listen, you need, to, you need to lessen the workload. So Rehoboam goes to the elders. He goes to the fathers and the mothers. And he says, what should I do? And they said, listen, it's been, a, it's been a long time and you need to just ease up on them. And then Rehoboam turns around, he runs to his friends. He runs to his peers and they say, no, you need to prove how strong you are. And as a result, Rehoboam makes a decision that tears the kingdom in half. And isn't that what the state of the church is today? The kingdom of God being torn in half because people lack direction. Come on, we need your voices, mothers and fathers. We need you. I need you to come on a Nexus Friday night and speak a word of direction. And listen, it's not just me that needs you. These young adults need you, moms. They need you, dads. I observed among the youths, a young man without sense. He's passing along the street near her corner, taking the road to her house. I just believe this with all my heart. When we lack God's direction, we will inevitably walk in the enemy's direction. There's no in-between. We have this false theology that we don't even think about, that there's God's way, then there's the devil's way, then there's my way. But I'm here to tell you this morning, there isn't three options. It's either God's way or it's the enemy's way. And our ways are the enemy's ways. That's why when Peter came to Jesus and said, no one's gonna crucify you, Jesus looked at him and said, get behind me, Satan, not Peter. Why? Because what Peter was saying, listen, Peter was just speaking from his heart. Oh, he loved Jesus. He was trying to honor Jesus. It seemed like a good thing to have Jesus around, don't you think? And yet because he wasn't listening to the voice of God, he was only hearing his own voice. And Jesus called it for what it was. Get behind me, Satan. When we don't have God's direction, we only have the enemy's direction. Taking the road to her house, verse nine, in the twilight and in the evening at the time of night and darkness. Then a woman comes toward him, decked out like a prostitute, wily at heart. It's an interesting Descriptive, she's wily at heart. What does that word mean? Listen, this is so amazing to me. I just did a little bit of study here. Other translations say cunning. She's cunning of heart. But the actual Hebrew word, a Hebrew word, nestar, means to guard, to keep. It's the same word used for watchman. When we abdicate our place as the watchman of our young people, this culture will watch over them for you. This means to guard. How many of you ever seen a young person over the course of time and when they were, they were young, it's like they were just so open, so soft, so tender. And then as time happens, they become so guarded. All of a sudden, it's like everything you say, it's just there's distance and there's, there's this suspicion, guarded. What has happened there? I think what's happened there is they've adopted the heart of their overseer. They've adopted the heart of the watchman. The, the watchman of this world is trying to guard our children from the truth of Christ. It's trying to guard our children. And, 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 and 
because we've abdicated our place as the watchman for our young people. We want to pay someone else to do it. And I'm not trying to talk myself out of a job. Don't get me wrong. But there are things that I have no idea that you have experienced. You have knowledge and wisdom that I have no idea about because you've walked through the fire. And God wants to use that fire to produce a generation that is pure. Wily in heart. Continuing on, it says she is loud and wayward. Hebrew word there means to murmur, to growl. Now, I don't know how a prostitute is gonna seduce a man with a growl, but I think what they're trying to communicate is that it is not shy. Listen, the culture is not shy about seducing our children. Why must we be shy about trying to protect them? The enemy is not shy about trying to plant ideas that are directly opposed, diametrically opposed to the principles of the kingdom. Why must we be shy about sharing our faith and our testimonies with them? We we need moms and dads who are not afraid anymore. Listen, I just, I just do this right now. I break fear off of you. How about that? Just as Pastor Jade has asked me to speak, that means there's a measure of his authority operating in me. And I just say to you this morning, I break off fear in your life. There is a word that you have for these young people. How many, we just went through this this morning. In fact, give me a second. Let me pull this up on my phone. There was a Bible verse in Hebrews that I just want to share with you. It says in Hebrews chapter 13, it says, do not neglect to do good, to share what you have for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. Now, let me just ask you a question. Have you ever been touched by the power of God? Raise your hand. That means you've got something good to give. There is a good work to be done in the lives of our young people. If the Lord has touched your life, you have something to share. And that is pleasing to the Lord. You want God to invade your workplace? then create an atmosphere where he can manifest himself. Faith creates an atmosphere. And you know what? I also believe the, atmos- the, 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 the kind of atmosphere that God is attracted to is one that pleases him. And here we see a key. Here we see a truth about that atmosphere. It is do not neglect. How many of us have neglected? We meant to. I believe in what you're saying, Pastor Dan. I believe it. I believe it with all my heart, but I just haven't, I'm so bi- I just haven't done it yet. But I'm going to. I've neglected. Neglected does not mean opposed. It means to agree with and still not do. So we can sit here on a Sunday morning and agree about it, but until we do something about it, we're still unpleasing to the Lord. Lord Jesus, Pastor Jay's going to give me a spanking when he gets back. (laughs) Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. It pleases the Lord. It creates an atmosphere that is pleasing to him. And I think that opens the door for the Lord to move in your life. But too often, we in America, in this self-centric culture, have made us the starting point and not Jesus. Bless me, Lord, and I'll bless someone else. When I think the kingdom would have that come the other way. Bless others and you shall be blessed. With the measure that you give, you shall receive. It is not to the measure that you receive that you give. Man, I like all this talk back. (laughs) Makes me feel like I'm doing all right. (laughs) She's loud. She's wayward. That wayward word in Hebrew means rebellion. She's rebellious. She's rebellious. 
And that's exactly what she's trying to impart to her. Listen, Paul, you know, Scripture talks about the fact that when you sin, Paul talks about this, when you sin sexually, you sin against the body. Because what happens is you become one flesh with the person that you're committing these sexual acts with. You become one flesh. So let's just take that and overlay that on this. If the prostitute is, if the prostitute is seducing our young people, they are becoming one flesh with a rebellious spirit. We can't help but see rebellion in our children. We can't help but see, why? Because we're allowing them to be seduced and allowing them to be with the adulterous woman. And listen, scripture says very specifically, it says that she, oh Lord in heaven, says she's loud and wayward. Her feet do not stay at home. Listen, you think you can't, the answer is not to hide your children. The answer is not to hide. You, she, her feet don't stay at home. She'll go wherever your kids are at. She's gonna go for wherever they're at. She's gonna go there. You can't hide them. We can't just hide them away from the world and hope that they just bear good fruit. We've got to help till the ground. We've got to remove the stones and the, the unhealthy roots. We've got to cut those things out. We've got to get involved. She doesn't stay at home. Now in the streets, now in the squares, and at every corner she lies. Lord just spoke to me. Listen, at every point of decision in someone's life, the adulterous woman waits. So in every, and listen, you, you, know, you know, when you're coming up as a young adult, there are a lot of decisions to be made. Who you, where are you going to go to school? What are you going to do for the rest of your life? Am I going to go to school? I don't know. Should I be a part of this church? Should I not be a part of this church? Should I go to church? Is it really necessary? I'll just have a Bible study and that'll be good enough. All these questions, and at every single one of these questions, there is a voice that is murmuring. There is a voice that is growling. There's a voice that is trying to seduce and steal the heart of these young adults. And they need wise mothers and fathers to help them identify that and to choose a different road. You're still with me this morning. She seizes him. So now we see the interaction between this adulterous woman and the young man. She seizes him. And kisses him. And with impudent face, she says to him, I had to offer sacrifices and today I've paid my vows. So now I have come out to meet you, to seek you eagerly. And I have found you. The enemy is seeking. When we, when we read this, we just need to know the enemy is seeking. It's not by accident. It's not, you know, this, the thing I hate, the thing I hate about when someone says, oh, you know, I, I was, I slipped up. You know what I hate about that phrase? It makes it sound like an accident. But it wasn't an accident. The enemy was seeking and they met me at that point and I made a poor decision. You didn't slip. You fell on purpose. You threw yourself down and wallowed in the mud. That's what happened. But see, as hard as that word might be, there's a corresponding voice of love. There's a voice of wisdom standing at that same street corner saying, oh, you might fall a hundred times, but if you'll just turn to me, I'll lift you up. See, young adults need to hear that. Listen, and you wanna know why the, the strategy of the enemy and the adulterous woman is so effective? It's not because he seeks. Yeah, we understand that he seeks. It's because young adults want to be sought and they want to be found. Children want to be sought and they want to be found. Every day I get home from work, I walk in the door and if they see me coming, you know what they do? They hide. Not because they don't want to be with me. I walk in and they're real quiet, you know, hiding behind the curtains or behind the couch. And I come walking in and then they go, surprise, find me. I hid so that you would find me. I love it. <laughs> and that's the truth, truth for young adults. They want to be sought. They want to be found. So when the adulterous woman says, I've been seeking you and I have found you, it speaks to something in the DNA of a young person and they just give themselves to it. And it's all at once, all at once he gives. 
Listen, we've, mothers and fathers, we've just got to get, we got to break this worldview that I'll just, I'll speak into someone's life when they come to me about it. Young adults want to be sought, so seek them out. Listen, hey, if you need a place to seek one out, I've got a meeting that takes place at seven o'clock on Fridays. Bunch of young adults come together and you can seek one out. Seek them out. They want to be found. I'm seeing all these UCCS students come in and listen, it's never been more apparent to me. This need to be sought and found. Sought, they are like, it's like they're trying to pull on me. See me, see me. And if we would just give them just a little bit, just a little bit of attention, if we would go out of our way just a little bit, like Jesus went out of his way to save all mankind. If we would just go out of our way a little bit, I think, I think young people would respond. You wanna see multiplication? How many of you wanna see multiplication of young people in this house? I know that I do because I know there's a world that needs them. The, Heavenly Father, empower us, activate us to reach out to them, to overcome every hurdle. Thank you, Lord. She says, I've decked my couch with coverings, colored spreads of Egyptian linen. I've perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. Listen, you guys, if the, the enemy is doing all this work to make what they're doing attractive, Would it kill us to do just a little bit of that? Yeah, thank you. And the word of the Lord said, <laughs> come, let us take our fill of love until morning. This young adult generation is the most, re just the most relational generation I've ever seen in my life. They will sit and meet with you every day at coffee. As much time as you can give them, they'll be with you. They want relationship. When, when we talk about Nexus and what our services are gonna look like, I feel like there's always this pressure. Hey, we need to connect. We need to connect. We need to connect. We need to connect. And the truth is we need to connect. That's what Nexus means. <laughs> it means connection, a place of connection. So, okay, great. Let's connect. But, but, but I, just, I just don't see I, you know, this is what I see. And I just, please, I, with all humility, I come before you with all humility. But on Sunday mornings during our connect time, you know what I see? I see young adults clumped up together, hanging out with their peers and everybody else hanging out with their peers. What would it look like if mothers and fathers started seeking out these young adults and connecting with them? They, it says that she was, and, and the world is seducing them with this idea of love. Oh, let's, let's fill, let's just be in love. Let's be in love, this emotional counterfeit to what real love is. This, oh, let me just come close. And, and there's something in, listen, there's something in the heart of young adults that goes, I, I want that. And listen, and that is not an indictment, rightfully so. If my son didn't want my love, something would be wrong. He wants my love because he's a young person. Okay, moving on, just a few more minutes. Verse 19, for my husband is not at home. He's gone on a long journey. He took a bag of money with him. He will not come home until full moon. What's happening there? You know what she's doing? She's saying, if you come with me, there are no consequences. That's what she's saying. There's not gonna be any consequences. There's nothing to fear, no consequences. The world is promising our young adults a world with no consequences. Do what you want to do. Do what makes you happy. There's no consequences. And listen, if you can convince someone that there are no consequences, then you can convince them to do whatever you want them to do. I wish I could spend more time on that, but listen, just remember, even as you raise your own children, young parents, consequences are an essential part of raising those children. The moment you take away consequences and they just feel like they can do whatever they wanna do and there are no consequences, they end up hurting themselves. 
Young adults are the same way, and we need mothers and fathers to help us identify boundaries and consequences, to help us understand based on life experience, not on emotion, not on feeling, not on a sitcom, not on a TV show. Yeah, that's what life is supposed to look like. And I can just sleep around, and it's not going to affect me at all. I'm just searching for the one. Scripture continues on to describe her talk with him. It says, with much seductive speech, her smooth talk compels him. I just think, you guys, our young people are being inundated with seductive speech. Everywhere they turn, every commercial, radio, billboards, everywhere, everywhere you look, the seductive woman is speaking seductively to our young people. They need us. They need us. It's my greatest heart, my hope and desire that someday as many students and young people and early you know, career people that are in Nexus, for every single one of them, there's at least one mother or father attending our service just to pray for them and be with them. What would that look like? I just think, man, something different would be happening. You know, then when I'm preaching, my preaching ceases to be about of convincing them. (laughs) And it turns into something more like teaching and training. See, what happens is I have to fight against the voice of the adulterous woman in their lives. So I have to spend the majority of my sermon just convincing them before they'll actually learn. But man, I think that's the power of mothers and fathers. They help, they help to bring this balance to life. They help to, to open our minds so that all of a sudden, you know, it's, it's one thing to look at me. I'm 35. I look like I'm 18, you know. I, you know. So, so, you know, no, I don't. I get it. But, but, but I look young, you know. It's, it's one thing for me to come to them and say, man, pray every day. And it's something else for a 50, 60, 70, 80-year-old to come and say, prayer has changed my life. It's different. And they need to hear it. I have to convince them, listen, listen to me, please, please listen. Change, prayer will change your life. It will, it really will, I promise. I have like two examples from my life. (laughs) All right, I gotta move forward. (laughs) So here's a picture of an adulterous woman. I think really she signifies the culture in which we live. Even our Christianity is infected with it. It, it, It's self-centric. It's not Christocentric. So here's how I want to end the service. I'm just going to, you know, let's go to Proverbs chapter 8. And I'm just going to read verses 1 through 5. Does not wisdom call? Does not understanding raise her voice? On the heights beside the way, at the crossroads, she takes her stand. Beside the gates in front of the town, at the entrance of the portals, she cries out, to you, O men, I call. And my cry is to the children of man. Oh, simple ones, learn prudence. Oh, fools, learn sense. Now, there's a couple of things I just want to identify here. At every turn, there is a battle going on for our young people. But what happens when the voice of wisdom is diminished? See, God has chosen to work with man through man. He wants to partner with us. But the, so, so what happens, so what happens is, is when I don't participate with God's voice of wisdom in the life of a young person, that voice of wisdom's, the, the, the volume is just diminished to where they can barely hear it. And we all remember those times as a young person. We don't, we don't know what to do. We, we, we try to hear, some of us experience that today. God, do you want me to do this? Yes, no, yeah, wait, is that me or is that you? I don't. It's a struggle that we all walk through. How much more so for a young person? See, the the implication here, wisdom is crying out at at every decision, at every corner. And then she says, learn. How will people learn if there are no teachers? 
How will people learn if there are no teachers? You are the teachers. Family of God, you are the teachers. Proverbs chapter 23, verses 22 and 23 says, listen to your father who gave you life and do not despise your mother when she is old. Buy the truth and do not sell it. Wisdom and instruction and insight as well. The connection here is purposeful. Listen to your mother and father. Buy wisdom and instruction. Meaning what? Wisdom and instruction come through the voice of mothers and fathers. So, let me just equip you three things, three ways to pray for young adults, okay? I want you to leave from this place. Listen, I didn't just preach this to kind of stir things up or to get you, I didn't, listen, my hope, my, my prayer is that you will walk from this place equipped to make a difference. Okay, so number one, just pray, please, please. This is a target. People, you, you who participated in the 21-day fast, you felt upon your heart that God wants to touch young adults and young people. Then pray into it. Pray into it. Partner with it. Partner with what God wants to do in our young people. You want to see change in this place? Man, fill it up with some young people. Passion. Did you see Elliot leading worship up here? Come on, every time I looked up here and he's up here jumping up and down and I just think, God, I, I'm, I'm being stoked to, to greater worship and deeper worship. We need more young people like that. We need to pray them in, you guys. Don't abdicate your responsibility. Number one, pray this, that God would draw and multiply young people in this body and that people, the people and the family of Antioch will be activated to seek eagerly and to find. See, the adulterous woman says she seeks eagerly and she found him. But I think God's people are called to seek eagerly and to find. Just like Jesus. I came to seek that which was lost. Number two, pray that mothers and fathers would be burdened to mother and father. I, I'm praying for you, Antioch Church. I'm praying for you, mothers and fathers, to be so burdened for this young adult generation that you just, every day, you get, you're just bothered all the time by it. I, and I, listen, I, I know that, listen, I'm, I'm praying blessing. I'm praying that God moves in your life, but I'm, I just, I'm praying that you're burdened to mother and father like you've never been burdened before. Pray for that. And number three, Pray that the voice of the adulterous woman, this, this culture, would be drowned out by the voice of wisdom, wisdom as, it is, as it is partnered with us. We got five minutes, and, and I have actually got to go catch a plane to Tulsa to join Pastor Jade. My flight's at 2 o'clock, so I've got to go. But here's how I'd like to end the service. Uh, I'd like every young person from the age of 18 to 30 to stand up. Listen, and some of you might be mommies, and it's okay. <laughs> okay? Family, this is what I'd like to do. I'd just like to take a few minutes, thank you, Michelle, to pray for them. How about it? What do you guys want? Let's, let's just... Let's just activate this message now. Let's activate it right now. Let's bless our young people. Let's pray for them. Let's, listen, this is, this is a moment to enact that which God is speaking to you. So here's, here's what I'm gonna ask. Look at all these, look at all these young people. Now, yeah, come on, can we just celebrate them? Here's, here's what I'm gonna ask. I'm gonna ask that the rest of us just find, find a young person, gather around them, and just pray for them, bless them. Intercede, step into the gap. Fulfill your calling as a mother and father. You are, listen, Antioch Church, you are called to be mothers and fathers. Be fruitful and multiply. That's what God said to humanity. This is our chance to, to be fruitful and to multiply. Go ahead, stand up now, get, get around them, begin to pray. 
Come on, I'm, I'm gonna say one benediction prayer and I'm out, but I want this to continue on. I want you to bless them. I want you to pray for them. I want you to speak a word of encouragement. Listen, what did that, what did that scripture say? What did that scripture say? In uh, Hebrews, it says, do not neglect to do good and to share what you have for such sacrifices pleasing to God. Come on, just lift up a voice, Antioch Church, and pray for your children. Pray for your children right now. Pray for your young adult. Pray for them right now. Pray direction. Pray freedom from shame. Pray healing from wounds. Pray, pray, intercede, step into the gap. You have something good to share, family. You have something good to share, family. Go, pray, intercede. Finally, Father, I say, I bless these young adults. I don't pray half-hearted prayers over them. Lord, I give my heart and I say, Lord, with all that I am, I yearn for you to move not in my life, but in their life. I yearn for you to move in their lives. God, bring healing, bring direction, speak clearly. Lord, tell them how to spend their money. God, tell them what to spend their time doing. Lord Jesus, raise them up to be men, stalwart men and women of God. Mothers and fathers who will turn around and mentor and love the next generation. I bless them, I anoint them, God. I anoint them to be all that they've been created to be. And Lord, I just shed a father's love over them today. Just love on them today. Abba, Abba, would you come? Holy Spirit, spirit of joy and peace, hope, King. King, Prince of Peace, come and mantle your children today. In Jesus' name, continue praying. Come on, just continue praying. We're just gonna take a few minutes. It's okay.